wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening to you are listening to you are listening to then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? What's going on, guys? Zach from the Wrestling Delicious Podcast here. Welcome to episode 257 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Monday. And I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening. Wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always... I greatly and truly appreciate it. Yes, it is Monday, day after NXT TakeOver 31. Hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, Also, day after uh, NFL Football Sunday. Hope your team won. Hope you won in your fantasy league. Hope all went well with that. Other than that, I just hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. I had a pretty much chill weekend for the most part. Watched a little football. Kept up with the news of the NFL with everything going on with Cam Newton catching COVID-19. Our president, Donald Trump, catching COVID-19. Wished him all the best in the recovery. Um, The whole deal with the Tennessee Titans. Apparently 18 uh, players and staff have uh, caught the coronavirus. So and uh, there's going to be some uh, investigation into their uh, COVID-19 protocol. So that's something to keep an eye on for you uh, Titans fans out there something to keep in mind going forward so we wish them all the best in their recovery as well even though some of you know, your opinions of those uh may be unfavorable or favorable it doesn't matter when it's something like this um you know well wishes are are in order for the day but y'all know um usually today on monday would be an episode of the good the bad and the ugly uh, since we have had NXT take over 31 to come and go, um, that is not the case today. Um, that will be taken care of tomorrow, programming note. We will be doing a special episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly on uh, tomorrow's episode of Last Week, This Week. Uh, a little something different, you know. Um, usually, y'all know, I would just talk about last week's episode of NXT, the go-home episode, which we will start the episode with tomorrow, and then we will go into The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly that was NXT TakeOver 31. That will pretty much be uh, both episodes um, 
will be short. I'll try to keep them as uh, both segments as short as I possibly can. Uh, with all that we have going on, a lot to talk a lot to talk about from the go home episode of uh, the Black and Gold Standard last week, and what we'll get into this week. So it may be a shorter segment than we normally do, maybe um, three or four. Uh, things to keep an eye on as opposed to uh, usually the top five things we were going to take from uh, last week's episode and then talking about what we're going to get into this week. We'll see how it goes, but um, we'll, we'll figure it out as we go. But yeah, it is Monday. And since we're not doing the good, the bad, and the ugly today, given the fact that um, it was this episode, uh, that takeover was done yesterday. Instead of the usual Saturday Night Fair, I figured I'd make an executive decision and give you a brand new episode of News of the Weekend, where I talk about all the news that's fit for me to talk about in a nice little wonderful, beautiful present sandwich uh, for you guys. And there's a lot of news to report on, a lot, a lot, whole lot of news that came out of the weekend. Um, really interesting stuff. Uh, of course, we'll be talking about. What do, what do I have on tap today? What does Zach, what does Mr. YLP have on tap today? Well, of course, I'll be talking about uh, the big, one of the big stories that came out. Uh, WWE will be taking over Twitch channels of talent that are using in-ring personas. Uh, that's interesting, of course. I'll be talking about, of course, the ratings from uh, AEW Dynamite, Smack, and SmackDown, and NXT from last week. I also have some news on, uh, of course... Uh, Harold Mage, um, now the former, uh, I believe, executive vice president. Let me check on that. Uh, the former uh, president and CEO of um, NJPW uh, as of, I believe, last week um, is going to be leaving the company. We'll have some backstage news on that. Um, I also have news on uh, Chris Jericho revealing the exact moment uh, that uh, gave Tony Khan the confidence to start AEW and much, much more. So uh, we got all of that on tap. Hopefully you guys are strapped in again. It is 10 a.m. on a Monday. I know, I know. I mean, I mean, I don't know how you guys are feeling about, you know, the 10 a.m. thing. But, hey, I've seen the numbers and the numbers look pretty damn good on both my uh, um, anchor.fm slash Young Lions perspective and Anchor.fm slash Russell Addict Radio. So I see that you guys are enjoying the 10 a.m. Um, start time for this. So we will keep it going until you guys say otherwise. I figured, hey, I had to make an executive decision on that. I wanted to get you guys out to you sooner. Starting your day off, your mid-morning, you know, some of y'all sleep in. It bees what it bees. Or some of y'all are already starting your work day and need a little uh, mid-morning uh, pick-me-up. So, hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. But before we get into all the festivities, first, I'm going to take a sip of coffee. Because peppermint, peppermint mocha is the new uh, happiness and the essence of my coffee. So, um, yeah, and it's quite delicious. Um, but, yeah, let's talk a little bit real quick about the fact. Teespring.com. Teespring.com, y'all know. I got some YLP stuff, YLP collection, and of course, y'all know I love to go over there and check it out because it's just nice. Teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Young Lions perspective. Uh, make sure you head over there, get yourself some YLP merch, especially now if you're living in the Northeast like I do, uh, or anywhere in the country that has uh, cold weather. Y'all know it is uh, fall, and that um, it gets a little bit chilly uh, around this time. 
of year. So I would be, it would be in your great interest to uh, get, invest in some hoodies and sweatshirts for sure. Um, if you still want to get some t-shirts, uh, boyfriend tees, uh, the newest, of course, premium women's V-neck t-shirts, uh, stuff for the uh, young cubs, you know, kids and toddlers t-shirts, leggings for the ladies. Y'all know y'all want y'all y'all layer those leggings everywhere y'all go. Why not represent the YLP movement? Also got, of course, mugs, tapestries, posters. Diecast stickers, uh, organic tote bags, all that good stuff. And, of course, the most important one I think that we carry are the face masks that we have. Yes, we do have cloth face masks. $14.99 heading over there at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Young Lions Perspective. Uh, rush shipping available for everything, but every sale, with every sale of the cloth face mask, a dollar from those sales will be donated to a nonprofit uh, for, to feed children in need. Again, as I usually say, I am an uncle of three, two nieces and a nephew. Uh, I know where the next meal is coming from. I know they're being taken care of in terms of food consumption uh, because I, as far as I know, my nephew can eat and my niece can throw down uh, some McDonald's fries, which I think is the most adorable thing ever. Uh, but there are some children out there right now in the United States and across the world that do not know where the next meal is coming from. So sometimes they, do, they go without um, I know there are schools across the country that usually do uh, programs for breakfast, uh, given the fact that sometimes um, families are not able to feed their children breakfast as much as possible. You know, we want to make sure uh, we hear Wrestle Attic Radio. Um, we do like to give back. Um, we do, as much as we provide entertainment for you guys in terms of professional wrestling and every, and anything else that we like to speak on. We also like to give back uh, in the community as well, any way we possibly can. We did it with the Trevor Project back in June. Um, and we're doing it again now for uh, for the children in need. No children should go to bed hungry ever. They should never wake up hungry, and they should never go to bed hungry. And we're doing our best to try to help out. So, again, with every cloth face mask you buy, a dollar from every face mask sale will be going to um, a nonprofit to feed children in need. You can find all that, of course, at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash the Actually, forward slash young dash lines that's perspective. Get yourself some merch. And while you're at it, get yourself some damn socks too. They look clean. It's fantastic. All black with the YLP logo. Um, of course, coffee season is on deck, and I know how much y'all y'all all y'all basic white girls out there like to have your uh, pumpkin spice every fucking thing. Um <laughs> I'm drinking peppermint mocha. I live life how I do it. But ain't nothing wrong with the pumpkin spice. I've had it before. It ain't that bad. Dunkin' Donuts, mwah, chef's kiss. But get your, but you can, but you can get your. Look, I'm looking at the YLP mug right now. It looks so clean. It looks so clean with that logo. I'm telling y'all, clean, fantastic. Get yourself some YLP merch today. Many different assort, assortments of uh, stuff you can buy. All different colors to match all your outfits. Because I know how y'all like to get down. Teespring.com forward slash stores, forward slash young dash lines, that's perspective, get yourself some YLP swanky ass merch today. And patrons, of course, y'all know, with that code you got in there, 15% off everything you buy. I can tell you the code, but you have to be a Patreon to actually get in on that. So we'll be talking about Patreon a little bit later on. But enough about me and enough about talking about my stuff. Well, that's what you came here for, but you also came here for talk about some news of the weekend, and I'm going to grab here my professor glasses, as dirty as all hell. Here's the funny thing about these. I actually bought these at my job for like six bucks, right? I had to buy two. You're wondering, why you buy two? Because my mom likes to steal them, okay? Because she buys reader glasses too. 
<laughs> I buy readers because um I do like to read, but sometimes I do squint when I'm reading like my tablet or anything like that. So, and I want to, I do want to go to the optometrist and actually, if that's the actual term, uh, I want to get my optometrist and uh, get some actual reading glasses because a, I think I look good as fucking glasses, and b, I actually want to be, you know, I want to actually have an actual pair um, that I can call my own and style them to my to my likeness because you know, Mister YLP, as much as he loves, you know, to dress down. Every once in a while, he likes to dress good and look clean and such. So, um, why the hell not? But let us get into the news of the weekend and all the news that's fit for me to talk about. And, of course, we're going to kick it off from the eSportsObserver.com. WWE taking over Twitch channels of talent using in-ring personas. This is from James Fudge. Oh, God, you must have gotten your ass kicked in high school. World Wrestling Entertainment plans to take over the Twitch accounts of employees in four weeks, according to an email obtained by WrestlingInc.com. The email sent by WWE Chairman Vince McMahon reminded WWE talent that they have until Friday to sever any unauthorized business relationships with third parties, and those that do not comply could face fines, suspensions, or even termination. Given WWE's previous statements about the situation, it is assumed that the company is only referring to Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, and other streaming platforms where they use their WWE-owned in-ring names, and not accounts used under their real names. According to the report, WWE will take over these accounts in four weeks and give a talent a percentage of the income generated from them. WWE laid out its intentions in early September when it told talent that it wanted them to stop using third-party platforms. The company later clarified that it wanted talent to stop using their in-ring names on platforms such as Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok. A number of WWE superstars have channels on Twitch, TikTok, and YouTube, including Adam Cole, Austin Creed, Cesaro, AJ Styles, Lana, Tyler Breeze, and Paige. Some talent have already changed their channel names to their real names and switched out their graphics to avoid action for the WWE. The Esports Observer has reached out to WWE for further details and will update the story as more information becomes available. Let me see if I can find the uh, article from WrestlingInc.com. Yep. Yep. Okay, so they basically are saying that the first two paragraphs, same stuff um, going on. You know, they also learned the talent told this week uh, they're going to take over in four weeks. Um, WWE will actually own these accounts. Again, they'll receive a percentage of the uh, revenue, which counts against their downside guarantees. Um, here's some good information, though. Former Democratic presidential candidate Andrew Yang openly criticized the edict when it was first revealed last month and said that he would take action if Joe Biden were to be elected president. Yang spoke with Wrestling Inc. recently about why he feels that WWE has been able to get away with some of their labor practices. Quote, a lot of it is that wrestlers are afraid to speak out. I've had wrestlers past and present reach out to me and say that Vince has been getting away with exploitation of wrestlers, calling them independent contractors while controlling their activities for years and years. Yang said, a lot of it, it is just they're a quasi-monopoly. And wrestlers fear that if they do try and unionize or organize in any way that Vince doesn't like, that it will never work again. End quote. All right, so let me let me just break this. Let me try to try to figure this out. So you mean to tell me, Mister McMahon, and all your infinite fucking wisdom as a senile old boomer ass motherfucker? You mean to tell me that? 
in four weeks' time. In four weeks' time, you're going to take away their Twitch channels, their YouTubes, and their TikToks. And give them a percentage of the revenue. Channels that they've built themselves. Channels that they've used to give themselves a bit of personality outside of the wrestling ring. To show their another side of them, to show who they are outside of the ring. What kind of dog shit is that? That is disgusting. That is absolutely stupid. The only reason that Vince McMahon is doing this is because of the simple fact that he's not making money off it. Let's keep, let's keep, let's keep that a fucking buck real quick. All because they're using their likeness outside of the wrestling, outside of WWE. Let's talk about the biggest elephant in the room, right? Up, up, down, down. One of literally the biggest YouTube channels that is like literally WWE related in the game right now. Shit, let's pull this up right now then. We're going to do this in real time. Well, in, in, in a sense, it's real time. Um, up, up, down, down. I want to see how many subscribers they have. All right. So, up, up, down, down has 2 million subscribers. Right? 2 million subscribers. So, you mean to tell me something that Xavier Woods created? Something that Austin Creed built from the ground up. Vince McMahon is going to have control of. Every Twitch channels. Now think of it. I was reading some articles. Um, they've all like in in with the fact that they've been able to not only grow a community within their Twitch channels, they've been able to do fundraisers, charity events. All this stuff. And the only reason Vince McMahon wants to have all of that is because they're using their likeness outside of WWE. That is a bunch of absolute bullshit. That's that's just absolute vile. Like that is that is simply fucking disgusting. Like you're literally you're literally exploiting your wrestlers. Like this is nonsense. Like that is just like that is absolutely insane. It's bad enough you book them like straight garbage on, on your TV shows. Alright, it's bad it's that bad enough. 
But Jesus Christ, God forbid, God forbid they're getting, you know, donations and stuff outside of WWE. They've ex- they're expanding their policies to ensure they don't earn any money outside of WWE from third-party shit. Excuse me. And and now and now on top of that, you're t- you're you're gonna smack you're gonna take away you're gonna take money out of their pocket and only give them a portion of their channel earnings. You're just giving them more of a reason to want to leave, Vince. If they believe in their heart of hearts, they can do better outside of WWE they're going to. Where they don't have to worry about, you know, not be worrying about third-party company. This, this, is, this is absolutely insane to me. How in the absolute fuck Vince McMahon can just think, oh, you know, oh, they're using their likeness outside of WWE. I can't have that. What? This helps the WWE. This should be a help to WWE instead of a hindrance. The fact that they're having Twitch channels and being able to, again, expand their likeness, expand their, you know, Give people their personality. You know, give kind of break that wall, that fourth wall a little bit. I say, okay. And you can separate the two. AJ Styles, Alan Neal Jones. You can tell the difference, you know. Yeah, AJ Styles is a heel on television, but now, but when he's on his Twitch channel, he's the coolest motherfucker in the game. Austin Creed. You know, Xavier Woods on telly. And then you have this. Come on, Vince. Like, seriously, this, this is how we're going to do it? You realize you're just alien. You're literally this close to alienating your talent. You're literally this close from pissing off your talent. If you haven't already. That's stupid. That's literally dumb as fuck. Vince, like, think about that. All because you don't want them to make money outside of your company. So you said. And not only that, they're going to take their cut and then give them a, what, and, and, and I'm looking at SB Nation's article, a quote-unquote, and I'm doing this in air quotes, portion of the of the earnings from the channel. So, if they were doing a charity stream, only a portion of that, of that charity stream is going to go to the, uh, the charity that they were raising the funds for in the first fucking place. That's dumb as shit. 
That is dumb. That is vile. That is disgusting. And in my mind, personally, that's unethical as hell. Cameo, Twitch, YouTube, all that. Nah, well, unless, unless you change, well, they're just going to have to change their name of the channel in order to ensure that, the, you know, their channel doesn't get jacked. You, are, this is what we're doing here? This is what we're doing. We're going to allow Vince McMahon to ensure they don't eat off of their other stuff. Or, this, and most of the time, what was it? I think I saw a Zelina Vega article for someone for for one of their pets. For one of their pets to ensure they got a surgery, or, you know, if Dakota Kai was doing a stream for a particular charity, or if AJ Styles was just doing the same stuff. I know uh, Up, Up, Down, Down for um, when they do their... Um, when Tyler Breeze and Xavier Woods do their international persons, international gentle persons GM breakfast, they're, you know, they're doing, you know, stuff for that, helping build themselves, help. They, like, that's the biggest one, Xavier Woods, up, 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 down, down. That is, the, that is literally one of the biggest ones that you're going to fuck with. That is messed up. That is all types of wrong. Like, that is bad workplace practice. Denying talent the ability to earn money outside of WWE. So now, basically, if someone wanted to use Sasha Banks uh, to do a cameo for a friend's birthday, because they really like Sasha Banks, now, you're going to tell me that they're only going to get a portion Sasha Banks will only get a portion of that. The hell's the point then? Vince McMahon is out of his damn mind. So in four weeks, this this is punishing them. Why are you punishing them? Why are we punishing talent you have on your roster for trying to expand their likeness and personality outside of the WWE? This is a good thing, Vince, you retard. Yeah, I said retard. Deal with it. It's called life. It's bad enough you don't even give them health insurance. They have to get that on their own. Alright? That I can get past that. But for them not to be able to use their you know, I guess you could say celebrity to be able to have a charity stream and do something for the good of the community, Vince. You want a cut of that. And then give them a portion. 
How much of that portion is it, Vince? 65, 75%? Give them a quarter of that shit so they can only give the charity a quarter of that? If I'm any any per if I'm Xavier Woods, if I'm AJ Styles, if I'm Adam Cole, if I'm Dakota Kai, um any person who does streaming of video games outside of WWE, I am pissed. Zelina Vega, same shit. Because now, instead of being able to do charity streams and, and get all of the proceeds that were donated by people who watched them, excuse me, they're only going to have a small, a, a portion of it go to the charity. That's counterintuitive. That don't work. That's not how this shit works, Vince. And your boomer ass is just being a fucking dickhead. And is trying to snag more revenue. That's exploitation at its finest, ladies and gentlemen. That's exploitation. Instead of allowing talent to be able to simply expand their likeness across different platforms and be able to have them have their personality show, you know, and see them as, you know, as people, you know, and let them be themselves outside of their character in WWE, you can't have that. All because it's not making you bread. That's some bullshit. That's that that this this is literal absolute nonsense. You're not a, you, man, you know disrespect. This is disrespectful. That is disrespectful. Not allowing the to continue to Twitch channels in their private time. Oh, you know, allowing them to you know to continue to switch brand, uh, channels, but it's under the ownership of WWE. I'm sure Vince thought, and, and this SB article said this, that you know they wouldn't be who they are without their WWE fame. But you're already making billions upon billions of dollars, but you need more. You need, you need, you need, Seriously, man, this 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 is just blatant disrespect. I'm telling you, you're gonna see a. Ma- I mean, come when, when people's con- certain people contracts are up. I hope they love, I hope they leave. I hope they say I'm not gonna have my likeness fucked over like this. It's bad enough that they're already trying to take their names, their wrestling names. It's already bad enough with that. It's already bad enough for that. Now, you want to jack their Twitch channels, their YouTubes, the TikToks, the cameos that they built themselves from ground zero. Something they put hard work and effort into to get into the position they're in right now. And like I said, 2 million subscribers for Up, Up, Down, Down. When I was watching that early on, when Austin Creed and um, when um, 
Xavier Woods and Tyler Breeze were doing Battle of the Brands. I love that shit. Every Thursday, they would do it. They would do multiple episodes when they were out on the road doing shows. And, you know, they would just play, was it Smack SVR 2006? And it would have guest stars in there. They would have the Usos in there, Dakota Kai, Ember Moon, a litany of, of talent. And those shows were fun to watch. Now, that's going to be under WWE ownership. I don't think Austin Creed makes anything off of that. I'm not sure if he does, if he, if he gets if it's monetized or not. If it is, cool, so be it. But now Vince McMahon wants to take off their plate and add it on to his plate. That's blatant disrespect. That is blatant as blatant can be. They shouldn't stand for this. I don't. I, I think that's bullshit. I don't know. I really don't know what they're gonna do. But they, if, if if they allow this if in four weeks' time, if they allow that, that's bullshit. If I'm any of the, if I'm any, if I'm AJ Styles, if I'm Xavier Woods, if I'm Dakota Kai, I'm not saying I would leave the company, but I would have, but that would be some strong consideration. You take it off my plate, even if even if it's I'm using it for. Good reasons for charities, all this stuff. You take it off my plate, homie. And me personally, if there's a, there's few things in life you don't fuck with with me, my family, my friends, my dog, the unofficial co-host of the podcast, me, and most certainly my money. You never fuck with my money. Don't fuck with the money, and I won't fuck with you. Vince McMahon's fucking with their money. It's it's blatant disgusting. I am I am so. And and just give me just give me just give us more of a reason why Vince McMahon needs to get the fuck out of WWE for good. Give me more of a fucking reason. I'm gonna end that segment right here. That went a little, that went a little bit a little bit longer than usual. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, I'm going to talk about the rest of the news that I have for episode 257 of the YLP podcast. Of course, we're going to be talking about uh, ratings, AEW Dynamite, NXT, SmackDown, uh, news on the uh, backstage reaction to the debut of Retribution, um, Arn Anderson attempting to gain the trademarks for the Four Horsemen, and much more. We'll be right back. And we are back with episode 257 of the YLP podcast talking about the news of the weekend. And before we get into the remainder of the news for this particular segment, I want to talk to you guys about Patreon.com. Patreon.com forward slash Wrestle Addict Radio. 17 cents a day nowadays. We're not getting much in this economy, as we all know. But 17 cents in terms of Patreon can go a long way with what we've got to offer. Imagine this, right? <clears throat> Being able to be part of a Patreon group chat. We get to talk to uh, people like uh, Quarantine Gene, Kavita, Jermaine Lang, and all the remainder of the patrons in the group chat. Um, you get to talk to all of the war personalities, including myself, 
Kate Murphy, King Ricky Rose, Will Terrishuk, Nate, Mr. Fretz, and of course, Man's Chapel. You get to be able to hear exclusive shows that you won't hear anywhere else. Shows like Love and War, 20 Bell Salute, Fretz's Fate 5, and of course, my show, The Secret Files, where you don't know what the topic is until you press play. And I think most importantly, an exclusive code. That'll get you 15% off every single time you check out at any of our Teespring stores, whether it be my store, the YLP Collection, the uh, War Collection, and any of the other uh, stores that we do have there. Fantastic stuff. Again, 15% off when you use this particular code. I know the code, but I can't tell you what it is unless you're a member of the Patreon familiar. But 17 cents nowadays, in terms of our Patreon, could definitely go a long way. 17 cents a day. Waiting to $5 a month will get you all of that access and more. Patreon.com forward slash Russell Addict Radio. Consider being a member of the team today. And as I always say, always accepted, never expected, but do consider joining today. And let us get back into the news. This one in particular piqued my interest because it's AEW, and I know they're trying to do something pop really crazy. Uh, with this one. So let us get into it. From WrestlingNews.co, Arn Anderson attempts to gain trademark rights to the four horsemen. This is from Andrew Ravens. Arn Anderson is trying to get the rights of the name to the name of a legendary faction that he was part of. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Bowling Anderson, and Tully Blanchard were the original members of the four horsemen, along with manager J.J. Dillon, that was made famous while in Jim Crockett Promotions and later WCW. On September 27th, Anderson, using his real name of Marty Lund, applied to trademark the term with the United States Patent and Trademark Office. It should be noted that the filing was made through Michael E. Dawkins, who has helped several AEW stars secure their trademarks. Here's the description. And I quote, GNS, Entertainment Services, namely live appearances by a professional wrestling and sports entertainment personalities, Entertainment services, namely personal appearances by professional wrestling and sports entertainment personalities. Entertainment services, namely wrestling exhibits and performances by a professional wrestler and entertainer. Providing wrestling news and information via a global computer network. Providing online interviews featuring professional wrestlers and sports entertainers in the field of professional wrestling and sports entertainment personalities for entertainment purposes. End quote. Currently, Anderson is serving as the head coach of Cody Rhodes, who will take on TNT champion Brody Lee in a dog collar match on next week's episode of AEW Dynamite. Anderson and Blanchard are both under contract with AEW, while Flair is in WWE, and Ole is retired from the pro wrestling business. Now, this should not be a surprise to anyone. There have been rumors of possible four horsemen um, taking place, but if Arn Anderson is able to gain uh, the trademark rights to that, um then they can honestly easily go forward with being able to have the new Four Horsemen take place. Now, there's been many iterations of the Four Horsemen. The one I can also remember besides the originals um, was Flair. I'm trying to think. Flair, Malenko, Benoit, and uh, Steve Mongo McMichael, if I remember those. Um, and that was an actually interesting fashion as well. That was actually a pretty cool one. Um Back in its day. I was really interested in that. I was like, oh. Hmm. That was an interesting foursome back in the day. But actually, it's not that bad. Um, 
I like this. I like this move. I do like the fact that, you know, they're trying to get the four horsemen, um, especially when they when they have a poss- the possibility of Blanchard and Anderson kind of being like the elder statesman of the group with FTR, um, with Sean Spears, with uh, possibly Hangman, if that's the case. Um, maybe, maybe Kenny. I don't know. But that would be, I mean, if they do get the rights, if they do get the trade, if he does get the rights to the four horsemen, which honestly, in my honest opinion, he, he, they should have it in the first place. They should definitely have the right. He should definitely have the rights to that. I'm surprised Ric Flair didn't do it sooner. That's between you and me, though. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm honestly surprised they didn't get sooner. I really am. But I also honestly believe that this should be there in their possession. AEW should definitely get that. Um, I don't know who actually has the rights to it, but um, I do hope the uh, USTPO, uh, PTO, my apologies, um, would be able to grant them the right to have it. And we should be able to uh, have that Four Horsemen stable in AEW because that would be very, very fucking cool. And I would love to see it. For sure. So that will be uh, fun times if that is the case um, for that. Okay, that's weird news, but I'm not going to talk about that. No need to talk about Alexa Bliss locking her Twitter after comments about ex-boyfriend Murphy and uh, Aaliyah Mysterio cause fan backlash. That's that's nice. Uh-huh. Ain't none of my business, but we shall continue on. From Fightful.com, backstage reaction to the debut of Retribution and the new names given to the five members. This is written by Sean Sean Rossap and Robert DeFelice. How do WWE superstars feel about Retribution and names like T-Bar, Mace, Slapjack, Reckoning, and Retaliation? Following the official unveiling of the five members of Retribution and their rechristening with new names, portraying the quintet as Agents of Chaos, WWE superstars commented on the backstage reaction to the new names for the former NXT stars, as originally reported by Fightful Select. Quote, Fightful heard from several wrestlers following the unveiling of Retribution on the September 21st episode of WWE Raw. The feelings from the four WWE talents we spoke to echoed the critical and immediate sentiments that were uncorked on the group and, more specifically, WWE's creative process. One female wrestler on Raw said, quote, I feel bad for Mia and Mercedes. It's a good spot, but they've worked so long and are facing a battle to not make this look as dumb as it is. A SmackDown talent mentioned being curious as to how their show has been largely untouched by so much of the hastily made changes that Raw has experienced of late. The wrestler speculated, I think they load up Raw with that stuff because it's a longer show. But we weren't told why Retribution was off SmackDown. Those that we've spoken to said that they weren't informed of any long-term plans for Retribution from the jump. And much of it felt hastily thrown together even from the backstage perspective. Absolutely everyone we heard back from said they thought the names given to Retribution were ridiculous. It sounds like a bad, it sounds like something out of a bad movie or game but I'm not sure Vince plays games or watches movies anymore, a top wrestler said. End quote. Currently, all members of Retribution are reportedly quarantining following exposure to someone with COVID-19. Story first ran on Fightful Select before releasing in our Fightful Wrestling Weekly, and then you can subscribe to all that fun stuff if you want to. 
Where do I even begin? Honestly, where do I even begin with this? Ah, God. This this stable is going to die. Not only die, you were going to kill five careers like that. Dominic Dajakovic was a prominent fixture on uh, NXT for quite some time, having the, having his best feud in NXT with Keith Lee. Those bangers of matches that they had throughout the fall, winter, and uh, early uh, 2020. Me and him, who is personally one of my favorites, and had some bangers, had some good, had some really solid matches in NXT. Um, the likes of, of course, Candice LeRae, uh, Tiki Knott, Shayna Baszler, pretty much the who's who of the women's division at the time when she was running, when she was uh, as close to top tier as possible. Mercedes Martinez, who, in my honest opinion, left NXT way too fucking soon. And I felt like she had a lot to offer in NXT, who is now in retribution. Shane Thorne. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, former member of TM61. Mikey Nichols, of course, now gone back in uh, New Japan. Actually, in Japan. I don't, know if, I don't know if he's back with Chaos or not in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, but I would be foolish to think otherwise. Um, and then Dio Madden. The man who will forever be known as the one who got F5 through a table on Monday Night Raw. You are literally about to kill their main roster runs. This whole retribution angle is garbage. It is. This this does nothing for me. What is their end goal? You know, they want to cause chaos, and then WWE... Store, per storyline, gave them contracts. So they can do whatever the hell they want. And get paid for it. That's just stupid. Um, that's really fucking stupid. You gave them face masks that make them look like complete idiots. Like we don't know who the fuck they look like. This, this does nothing. For, Retribution does nothing for me. Retribution does nothing. Dominic Dajakovic could honestly, on his own, be an instant major player in the mid-card. And be a big threat to Bobby Lashley in the United States Championship immediately upon his arrival. I think Mia Yim would have been properly served better in SmackDown. Because I would love to see Bailey versus Mia Yim face off. That would be fire. And Asuka and Mia Yim have done battle before. And it's actually been, I believe they have faced off against each other before. Um, and they would have a good time with that. That would be an enjoyable battle. I would love to see that one more time. Mercedes Martinez, another case of wasn't in NXT long enough. Dio Madden, don't care. Should have just came back to commentary, my dude. You were actually doing well in commentary. With you, uh, Tom Phillips, and um, Samoa Joe. Added a lot of good stuff to it. If you just got King the fuck out of there, you would have been just fine. Um, Shane Thorne would have been better served in NXT. 
Easily, too. I cannot believe at all. Like, like, and, and, it, and it just shows that, you know, it's a joke. I remember reading reports that people were laughing their asses off backstage because of this shit. It is a, you're wasting the careers of five talents. Three of them should be in NXT. If anything, two of them at least, I would say, Thorne and Martinez should be in NXT right now. Mia Yim could possibly be on the main roster and be put in either Raw or SmackDown and actually be in a good situation because you need to build that, that division as it is. Honestly, she would have been better served on Raw. But not in this capacity. Um, Dio Madden should be back in commentary. And Dominic Dajakovic should have been a major player in the United States Championship picture. But no, let's just, you know, grab inspiration from Antifa and use that as a uh, catalyst to build this group called Retribution. That is not going to work. That is going to fail. And once it fucking fails, you also destroy the careers of all five of them. Because Dijakovic versus the Hurt Business. And think about this, Vince. Ooh, booking idea. On the fly. Hey, um, do you know who else is on Raw right now? K-fucking-Lee. Dijakovic and Keith Lee could become allies again. And take on members of the Hurt Business. And Dijakovic could get the pin on Lashley. And Lashley and Dijakovic could have a match for the United States Championship. Pay me. Fucking pay me. I expect my check in the mail. This this will this will ultimately fail. I will laugh. We will all collectively laugh, and then there will be another. Re- and then we will also then feel bittersweet because of the fact that you're ruining. Honestly, I would say Mia Yim would have had a prosperous career on the main roster. Dajakovic easily could have had a prosperous career on the main roster. I could. I would honestly. I would have waited for the draft to have Dajakovic and Yim come up, and those are the only two out of the five I would have be drafted. That's it. Thorne, Martinez would have been perfectly were perfectly set to be in NXT. Madden could have came back after the entire deal. After everything that came down, had would have gotten sympathy out of all of us. Glad that he came back and doing commentary. And then him and if Brock Lesnar decided to come back anytime soon, he and he and Lesnar could have words at that point. But let's fuck over. Let's let's fuck over the likes of Dajakovic, Martinez, Yim, Thorne, and Madden. Like that and destroy their careers before it even started. Let's do that. Let's see how well this fucking works out. And this is why Raw is trash. But I digress and we shall continue on. From WrestlingInc.com. Backstage news on Harold Mage resigning from NJPW. This is from Joshua Gagnon. NJPW announced earlier this week. President and CEO of NJPW, Harold Mage, will be leaving the company next month. Takami Obari, current CEO of NJPW of America, is set to take his place. On the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, it was noted Mage had initially promised $200 million in revenue for NJPW. But with the pandemic hitting, that obviously was a much tougher task to achieve. 
even without the pandemic. NJPW would have needed monster television deals and bigger expansion into the U.S. to hit those numbers. Mage was somewhat hands-off with NJPW expanding in America, as that was the focus of Obari. Another reported reason for the change was losing the TV in the States. NJPW had previously appeared regularly on Access TV since the end of last year. Had they decided to work with Impact Wrestling, its parent company, Anthem, purchased majority interest in the channel, and then NJPW likely would have stayed on Access TV. During his time there, Mage was set to have brought in great mainstream possibility, publicity, I can't even speak words today, great mainstream publicity for the company, but felt some of the focus was too much on him rather than the company itself. Mage had his own fan club in Japan, which rubbed some people the wrong way. It was considered mind-boggling someone outside of Japan would lead NGPW, but he had a great track record with toys, thanks to his work with Tomi in Japan, which is a big part of NGPW merchandise. Dave Meltzer reported losing American talent, especially Kenny Omega, and not really connecting with AEW also hurt Mage. In regards to AEW, nobody knows that the two companies have a better chance of working together or not going forward. NGPW is currently running its G1 Climax 30 tournament. The finals take place on October 18th. Don't know why they add that in. That just makes no fucking sense. So, with Harold Mage leaving, and I've, I've got the bum on this because I'm a New Japan stan, a lot of people are thinking this is the best opportunity that New Japan has to possibly merge with AEW. As as much as I would honestly love to see New Japan and AEW work together, considering the fact that many of the talent, well, I wouldn't say all, but a good portion of the talent have worked with New Japan in some capacity. Now that Miro has signed a deal with AEW, he also can work in, he also has his contract to where he can work in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Excuse me. Kenny Omega worked in New Japan. Bucks, Young Bucks, New Japan. Chris Jericho worked in New Japan. As apparently is supposed to be set to work with, uh, wants to work with more people in New Japan, as I reported that uh, a long while ago. Um, Cody, member of Bullet Club, did it. I'm trying to think who else. There's a lot more. Uh, Lance Archer, former member of the uh, Suzuki Goon and former member of the KES, um, who worked in New Japan. I'm trying to think. There's a, I know there's a lot more, too. Um, do, 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 Trying to think of top guys right now who uh, were part of New Japan. I'm trying to think. Dustin never worked in Japan. Well, Dustin probably worked in Japan, but never in, in, where he's at right now. Um, well, I know those names. I was going to that I could think about all day. That would just ruin the segment. But there's a lot of talent that were in New Japan prior to AEW. And it would make sense for... Honestly, it would make all the sense in the world for AEW and New Japan to work together and coincide. Because think about that. It would be a homecoming for Archer, who was a former member of Suzuki-Goon. Um... And then they can go after, and then Suzuki Goon can take, uh, attack Archer because he left, um, and because they would feel some type of way about that. Um, you could have, um, think about think about who they could have. Think about the think about the battles you could see with AEW and New Japan. Ibushi and Omega could come back together for possibly a one night special, you know, and Kenny Omega possibly somewhat being heel can turn on Ibushi. That would be wild. Um, 
Tanahashi versus freaking uh, anyone on the roster would be absolute fire. Miro already going to be there. Um, Kip Sabian in a junior heavyweight capacity. Um, Private Party would more than likely consider the junior heavyweights. Um, that and gun for the uh, junior heavyweight tag team championships. Those would be that would be superiorly lit. Um, Jericho back in New Japan. Uh, New Japan facing anyone in Jericho. Tanahashi Jericho too. I would love to see that. There's so many possibilities with that. And now with me, I was welcoming of Harold Mage coming into the fold as as the president of um, and CEO of New Japan. Now there's a lot of heat on Mage because of the fact that yes, he was an outsider. He was a gaijin, an outsider coming into the fold um, and running things. Now, do I does this affect New Japan in some sort of way? A little bit, but not to the point where it's going to be like they're not going to be okay. Uh, losing Harold Mage isn't the big, you know, is a big deal, but not the biggest deal in the world. Um, me personally, I would think this is a better opportunity. Um, possibly if Obari and uh, the powers that be at AED and Tony Khan and them were able to work out a deal to merge together, I think this is the best opportunity to do it. After Mage leaves in November, I think. I would, I, and I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. 2021, if they decide to have Wrestle Dynasty, by then, I think we see a deal between AEW and NJPW merging. And I think that should, that, and I think also that should scare the fuck out of the WWE. Scare them to their fucking core. Because this is what we need the real competition. AEW and New Japan coming together, merging in a sense, working together against WWE. You want to talk about real, real? Now think about this too. That benefits Dynamite. That benefits Dynamite completely. That benefits all their shows. Especially since the fact that AEW stars work outside of their brand. Think about that. Think about Wrestle Dynasty. And if they have a partnership with each other. Mm. I would be all for that. You mean you mean to tell me that if AEW and NGPW merged, they wouldn't be able to kick the shit out of WWE? Possibility of an Abushi just showing up out of nowhere with Omega? Huh? Huh? The possibility of Archer coming back to NGPW and helping out Suzuki Goon? Huh? What? We'll see what happens, honestly. Um, Harold Mage is leaving in November. I think this is still a good thing. I still think under, with Obari, NGPW will still run just fine. They will be okay. I see nothing wrong with it. They'll be just fine. It is what it is. Alright, so we'll end this particular we'll end this uh part of um news of the weekend. Let's see uh ah, okay. We'll end the segment on this. Chris Jericho! Reveals the exact moment that gave Tony Khan the confidence to start AEW. This is from WrestlingInc.com, written by Sai Mohan. And if I butchered your name, my friend, I am so sorry. During his latest 
Saturday Night Special Podcast, AEW star Chris Jericho revealed that his match against Kenny Omega at NGPW's Wrestle Kingdom 12 in January of 2018 went a long way in sowing the seeds for AEW, which was established exactly a year later. According to Jericho, Tony Khan, the president and CEO of AEW, felt confident in starting a new wrestling promotion after noticing the kind of global interest that Jericho Omega generated and the business that NJPW did. Quote, that made Tony, Tony Khan go, holy smokes, I think I can start my own wrestling company. Because my match with Omega at Tokyo Dome did such good business worldwide, said Jericho. The official announcement of AEW's creation came at midnight Pacific time on January 1st, 2019, during an episode of Being the Elite. Also announced in the episode was Double or Nothing, AEW's inaugural pay-per-view event, which was a sequel to All In, the biggest indie wrestling show in history, which was organized by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. During the podcast, Jericho also mentioned how helping establish AEW was the proudest accomplishment of his illustrious career. Quote, right now is the proudest moment of my career. To have built AEW up and the stuff we've done in just a year just makes me feel incredibly proud. Proud, he said. Jericho also revealed that if not for AEW, he would have retired from pro wrestling. Quote, there was a certain time in 2015 in WWE when I just did house shows. I was not on TV. And then the feud with Kevin Owens really invigorated me, really reinvigorated me. And then the match with Kenny in Japan made me go, oh my God, this is wrestling. I would have probably quit wrestling if not for AEW. And now I have no plans to stop, said Jericho, the first ever AEW world champion. AEW will be celebrating Jericho's 30th anniversary as a pro wrestler in a special episode of Dynamite on October 7th. And of course, as I always say with articles like these, if I use any of the quotes in this article, please credit Chris Jericho Saturday Night Special with an H slash T to Wrestling Inc. for the transcription because uh, I don't like I don't want to deal with legal matters and I don't feel like getting sued into oblivion. And you're welcome. The craziest thing about this is the fact that if it weren't for AEW, he would have retired. And that is insane to me. That is insane to think that if it weren't for AEW, Chris Jericho would have retired. That's scary, because I'm a I'm a huge Chris Jericho fan, and all the all the iterations of Jericho throughout the years, the Y2J, you know, you know the List Jericho, you know the Demo God, Le Champion, you know, the Painmaker, the rivalry with Okada, the matches he had with Tanahashi and Abushi. Omega in New, in, in New Japan, that was absolute fire. He's had a, such an illustrious career. And now, given the fact that AEW has given him life and a new, a new life, a new sense of you know, that is crazy to me. That is crazy to me to think that. Wow. And then with his match with Kenny Omega, which was absolute fire, by the way. And I believe it was, one of, it was actually one of my matches of the year um, for that year. Because that match was fucking dope. That was great. Arrested Kingdom 12. That match was just... Ooh! To see that inspiration in with his match with Omega that inspired Tony Khan to start AEW. And with AEW inspiring Jericho to continue on with his career. And now he has no plans... That's a that's a win for both sides. Right, Marley? 
Marley's not Marley's passed out. Marley's just sleeping over here on her on her bed. All come for lack. And this would actually be a good reminder before we continue on. Uh this is to the Marley moment of the show, which we haven't done in quite some time. But of course, she always likes to, she always tells me every single time, Dad, you need to talk about this. Talk about it. Talk about me. I'm important. And her is with her sleepy ass. Uh, to ensure that you uh, do, yes, I talk about you. Go nay nay. Um, to ensure that you are eating a very nutritious diet, as she likes to as well, because she enjoys her fresh pet. To ensure you're getting the adequate amount of exercise a day, uh, even if it's just walking uh, for an hour, doing some bike riding, uh, lifting weights, anything like that. Gyms are opening up across the country now. Um, yes, Mom, yes, Marley, I know. Dad likes to lift too. Um, you know, so to get your exercise there, to get your adequate amount of sleep, as the yin yang over here is actually doing at this very moment, she says, uh, at least eight hours of sleep will do you just fine. Um, but also to ensure that you t- you can take naps throughout the day and get to- and just rest, and it's okay. And to ensure every once in a while to treat yourself with some treats, and you know, indulge every once in a while, but don't make it a habit. So I'll end the segment with this. I'll end this. I'll end it with this with Chris Jericho. Um, I love the fact that this is actually the proudest moment in his career to have started with the company, to be a big integral part of the movement. Um, you know, and the fact, and knowing the fact that he would have retired in 2015 and we would have never seen, you know, the demo God, the champion, him helping put over talent like Darby Allen, Jungle Boy, Isaiah Cassidy and all these guys. Um, it would have been a, he would it would have been really a missing out moment if not for AEW and probably if you think about it, uh, WWE would still probably piss us off even more than it does already right now in terms of their booking their shows. So we are so it goes both ways for Tony Khan and for Chris Jericho, excuse me, and and fans like us as well. So we all and in the end, honestly, we all win in the end. Nothing wrong with that. And so this is going to conclude part two. Of the news of the weekend for episode 257 of the YLP podcast. When we come back in our last segment, I've got, of course, ratings from AEW, Dynamite, WWE, NXT, and SmackDown's live overnight ratings. I have news on Edge and a lesson he learned from uh, AEW's Luther. Uh, Also have news on Miro talking about a certain angle that he states, quote, really wanted to kill him completely. And then reactions from Carmella returning to WWE over the weekend after receiving negative comment from fans after her return. Stay tuned, y'all. We'll be right back. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with a rare part three of News of the Weekend for episode 257 of the YLP podcast. See, I'm giving you all the all the goodness today. Three-part episode for News of the Weekend. I must have a lot of news. No, I had a big rant in the first one. If you missed it. If you didn't, you know what I'm talking about. But I got a little bit more news before we head out for the day. To kick your week off, right? So let's get into the news. Let's get into the ratings from uh, last week's episode of AEW Dynamite, NXT, and SmackDown. And let's see what we got here from WrestlingInc.com. AEW Dynamite and NXT viewership up this week from my favorite wrestling 
professional wrestling writer, Mr. Mark Middleton. Week 51 of the Wednesday Night War saw AEW Dynamite pick up another win over NXT in viewership and in ratings. Wednesday's Dynamite episode drew 866,000 viewers, which is up 3.7% from last week on TNT, topping the 732,000 viewers, which is up 5% for NXT, which is always good. Garnered by last night's TakeOver 30, or should I say, Wednesday's TakeOver 31 go-home edition of NXT on the USA Network by 18%, according to Showbuzz Daily. AEW ranked 12th in the cable top 150, while NXT ranked 50. Uh, NXT ranked 68th in viewership. NXT ranked 77th in viewership. Last week's Dynamite episode drew 835,000 viewers and ranked number 9 in the cable top 150 and 63rd in viewership. Last week's NXT episode drew 696,000 viewers and ranked 38th in the cable top 150 and 73rd in viewership. AEW drew a .33 rating, which is up 3% from last week in the 18 to 49 demographic, topping the .19 rating, which is up 5% uh, for uh, NXT. The NXT drew in the same demo by 74% this week. Last week's AEW show drew a .32 rating, while the NXT episode drew a .18 in that demographic. The South Park special on Comedy Central topped the night in the 18 to 49 demographic on the cable top 150 with a 1.16 rating, drawing 2.272 million viewers. Tucker Carlson tonight on Fox News topped the night on cable in viewership with 4.935 million viewers, ranking number five in the cable top 150 with a 0.42 rating in the key demo. The NBA Finals on ABC topped the night on network TV in viewership with an average of 7.41 million viewers. The NBA Finals on ABC also took the number one spot in the 18-49 demographic with a 2.9 rating. AEW and NXT also faced competition on cable on Wednesday night from several MLB wildcard games, which is not that bad. Um, of course, AEW gets another win in the, uh, in the matter. So that's always a good thing um, for Dynamite fans. Now combined, they they would uh, do a one point uh, 1.598 million combined, which is always is what I always like to do. And I believe uh, Raw had a one point eight, so that gap is still there. <laughs> but I mean, it is it, it is. Uh, I mean, go home shows anytime would always uh, get your higher rating. That's not much of an issue. Um, but with what they did with what. Wednesday, what they did Wednesday on AEW Dynamite, as I talked about on Friday's episode of Light the Fuse, um, you can easily understand as to why um, why it would easily get a better rating. Mm. So, you can understand as to why that Dynamite kind of had that. And they had a lot going on, too, as well. So, it's very easy to see why Dynamite did get the victory over NXT. Now, I, I would say... Um, a lot of people are still concerned about NXT, given the fact that it still kind of has that feel of Raw. Um, and I think we should kind of shy away from that. Remember, it's still Triple H's baby. I understand Vince McMahon some, made some of the decisions in terms of that. But I, I, at the end of the day, with um, with that, we should still take into account that this is still Triple H's deal. This is still his deal. And that we should not feel discouraged by anything about that. I hope after... Um, what we saw at TakeOver 31, uh, it should give you a little bit of uh, more promise, excuse me, as we head forward 
with NXT. Moving on, though, from the Sportster.com. SmackDown Live overnight ratings decreased this week, and it says right underneath, competition with the NBA Finals didn't help. This is from uh, Alex Hogler. Ratings for this week's episode of SmackDown Live decreased slightly after a strong showing last week. According to Show Buzz Daily, the overnight ratings for yesterday, for uh, Friday's episode of SmackDown Live averaged 2.043 million viewers per gagnon, uh, which is the, the article in there from WrestlingInc.com. The first hour recorded 2.105 million viewers, but the second hour dropped considerably to 1.980 million viewers. Of course, SmackDown Live had intense competition with Game 2 of the NBA Finals. The Finals featuring LeBron James's Smack, oh, um, I'll say SmackDown, um, Los Angeles Lakers, and Jimmy Butler's Miami Heat, which uh, the Lakers won 124-114 to 114 to take a 2-0 lead in the series. And I believe Game 3 is tonight, or should I say uh, Game 3 was last night, if you guys watched that. I haven't been really watching the NBA Finals, um, given the fact that I'm a Celtics fan and they are out of the series. So at that point, my uh, focus goes away from uh, the NBA and goes more towards football and professional wrestling and things like that. So either way goes he's. Continuing on, though, the size of Game 3 of the MLB wildcard round between the St. Louis Cardinals and San Diego Padres may have also affected the ratings for SmackDown Live a bit. That game started an hour before SmackDown. Last week's episode of SmackDown Live recorded 2.11 million viewers, so if the early numbers hold up, this would mean a minor drop in viewership. The good news for WWE and Fox is that SmackDown has hit the 2 million mark for the 8th consecutive week in a row. Every episode from July 3rd to August 7th recorded less than 2 million viewers, but the numbers have moved since have since moved up quite nicely. Let's see here. All right. Um the 2020 Stanley Cup final concluded on Monday, game 7 of the NBA Finals if necessary would take place on October 13th, which would actually be a Tuesday. The MLB, the 2020 MLB postseason is scheduled to end on October 28th at the latest. So in short time, there won't be as much sporting competition for SmackDown. But the same cannot be said about Monday Night Raw. It had to go up against ESPN's Monday Night Football program, which has drawn over 10 million viewers each week thus far. As noted above, SmackDown soon won't have to worry about competition with several major professional sports leagues. The numbers have consistently been around 2 million, and that shouldn't change. An improved television product, thanks in part to, Lar- to Roman Reigns' heel turn, has certainly played a factor in the de- in increased ratings for SmackDown. Which is which is good. Which is actually a good thing. As of late, and I, I do say... I will say that... I will easily say that having Roman Reigns back on uh, WWE programming definitely has helped the cause. Even more so, Roman Reigns as a heel has helped the cause. Big time. This this is, and I, I've, I've loved every bit of Roman Reigns' heel turn since SummerSlam, since he came back. Um... The only way that I would have been perfectly okay with it 
The only way I would have been, I wouldn't have been okay with it is if they kept him as a baby face. But with the Thunderdome and everything going on, they had no choice but to turn Roman heel. And honestly, it's been a huge benefit for WWE and more so SmackDown to actually have um, to actually have Roman Reigns come back as a heel. Seriously. There's there's no way, you mean to tell, there's no way, possible way that if you kept Roman as a face, there would have been a lot of problems. And I think Smack, people would have shot away from SmackDown big time from that. So, there, this, so this is a really big deal. Um, the the storyline that they've had with Jay Uso has been fantastic as we head into uh, Hell in a Cell. Um, the Fiend and Alexa Bliss deal has really helped the cause. If they really can ramp up more storylines and start in the whole Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy deal has helped as well. They've really helped their cause. So I'm really excited for more so for SmackDown, especially for the draft coming up next uh, this coming week, um, this coming Friday um, for SmackDown more so than I am for Raw. And I will I will I will easily say one thing right now. AJ Styles is going to go to Raw. I would love to see AJ Styles go to Raw. And I will make one bold prediction that I don't think a lot of people would want to see. I would want to see it, though. I would love to see Bobby Roode come to SmackDown. I think Bobby Roode on SmackDown would pay huge dividends for... It would pay huge dividends for the mid-card going forward. SmackDown, if there's one thing I've always stated SmackDown needs to work on... It's their mid-card. With the Intercontinental Championship picture, you need new talent. You need something to look forward to. I say, personally, I would honestly state, and I would love to see it, if um, Bobby Roode went over to SmackDown and actually got booked. Um, I would love to see it. I would love to see Bobby Roode go over to SmackDown. I think he deserves to be in the Intercontinental Championship picture. And... That would be a huge get for SmackDown if they did it. So that's my bold prediction for the SmackDown side. Um, for that in particular. That's just me, though. Carmella reacts to receiving negative comments from fans after WWE SmackDown return. This is from WrestlingNews.co, written by Andrew Ravens. Carmella had been away from television for several months. But the reaction from fans wasn't what she hoped for for when making her return. For a few weeks, WWE had been airing vignettes on Friday Night SmackDown, hyping the reveal of a mystery woman. Fast forward to this week's show, the mystery woman revealed herself, and it was Carmella, who had been heavily speculated to be in the role. And I have been and I called that from week one. Carmella took to Twitter after the show and mentioned how she had forgotten how toxic social media can be from negative fans. Carmella isn't the first WWE star to deal with this type of behavior from some fans and won't be the last. She wrote the following on her Twitter account, quote, been off TV and out of the public eye for over five months. I come back for one night and the amount of negative comments I see just based on my looks alone is disgusting. I forgot what a toxic place social media can truly be. Thank God I know what a hot bitch I am, end quote. And then she also has untouchable as she had from the vignette. It should be no surprise <laughs> that uh, Carmella, it was Carmella. That was, it was kind of like the easiest like 
That was probably the easiest prediction I could have made in the history of my uh, professional wrestling podcasting career. Uh, one of my friends, uh, one of my lady friends, um, Judy, actually thought it was Lana. And I was like, you're out of your damn mind. I know Carmella's profile. I know those legs. Again, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. But I know, for the most part, the body type of um, Miss Carmella. So it should be no, it should be no, it no, it was pretty damn easy to figure this one out. Um, but now we all know social media is toxic as fuck. So this is, this should be no craziness. Anything you say on here could probably get, well, with, especially with all the cancel culture, uh, dumb fucks out there. And, you know, if you say a bad thing, you know, blah, 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 you know, you might get canceled or, you know. People will call, will call your job and harass them, trying to get you fired because you have a difference of opinion. Um, all this shit. People getting uh, blocked and you know deleted from Twitter and Instagram. To um, all this stuff. You know, it should be no surprise that she was going to catch hate. It should be no surprise, and I'm sure she'll just shrug it off and keep doing her thing. Um, it does, I mean, but yeah, a lot of people were just not too pleased with it at all whatsoever. No one should be surprised, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure the negative reaction uh, was gonna is warranted. It should be, it should come as no surprise to anybody, and if it, and if it surprised you, then you haven't been in the line, then you haven't really seen it much enough. But yeah, don't be yeah. It's not surprising that she caught uh, she caught a little you know negative heat because um, people do not like Carmella and it bees what it bees with that. I would love to see Carmella do decently well in the SmackDown Women's Division, but you know they don't know how to book the SmackDown Women's Division other than Sasha Banks and Bailey, and because they're absolute numbskulls. So be what it bees, but we will see what happens with Carmella going forward. From also from WrestlingNews.co, Miro, WWE really wanted to kill me completely with erectile dysfunction angle. This is from Chris Cigia. Aubrey Edwards and Tony Giovanni welcome Miro, former WWE star Rusev, as their guest on this week's AEW Unrestricted podcast. Miro talks about being the best man, his AEW debut, and his first promo, his childhood and being in high school sports, moving to the United States at age 19. What he was doing before he got into pro wrestling, thoughts on Hulk Hogan versus The Rock being the best match of all time, plans for his storyline with Lana, music, video games, John Cena, the League of Nations, and much more. Let me see how long this is. I may have to cut. Oh, they only did one. Oh, that's lovely. But this is the most important one because this is the angle that he was talking about. Now, this is the sex edition angle from in WWE. Quote, that's when I came out and they wanted CJ to say I'm a sex addict. But the original pitch was that I would have erectile dysfunction. They really wanted to kill me completely because I don't think in anyone's eyes how the baby face has erectile dysfunction. They really, there's nothing wrong with people having erectile dysfunction. There are pills you can take. But that was not the case here, and there is no coming back from it. There's absolutely no coming back from it. I told them this will bury me completely. You already have the man that took my wife. 
Now I have erectile dysfunction and I'm going to lose. I was supposed to lose anyway. I told them it's a better idea to do the sex addict thing and they went for it. Thank God I didn't have erectile dysfunction as a character. Now, if you want to listen to the rest of this art, uh, interview, you can also check out um, the entire interview on your favorite podcasting app. Just search for AEW Unrestricted, shameless plug. And if I use any of the portion of the quotes from this article, because there was only fucking one, I have to credit AEW Unrestricted with H slash T to WrestlingNews.co for the transcription because there's legal stuff with that and I don't want to get sued. Now, damn. <laughs> They actually wanted to... Wow. Now, it's one thing to bury a man. Right? With the whole bullshit angle. My apologies for that. I dropped my charger. It's one thing to bury a man in WWE. It really is. It's one thing to bury a man. It's another thing to actually do an angle that would that would just destroy you completely. And an erectile dysfunction angle would have easily killed him. Hell, the whole his whole last like eight months of his career in the WWE pretty much destroyed everything he was done. This is a man who in WWE had all the potential to become a world champion at least two, three times over. Um, and also his match with John Cena at WrestleMania many moons ago didn't really help matters, and he he should have been the one that got get over on Cena and not the other way around. Thanks a lot, John, for that. Appreciate you. Um, and, and of course, the WWE brass for being a bunch of dumb fucks and not realizing the potential that Rusev had. Again, good job, dumb fucks. <sighs> Struggle bars of life. But yeah, they. Re- I mean, with Rusev, Day, I think once Rusev Day happened, once the Rusev Day angle happened, that's when WWE. That's when Vince McMahon pretty much was just wanted to kill him, not literally, but in the figurative sense of burying the man, all because the man didn't. All because it wasn't Vince that got the Rusev Day gimmick over. He did. Organically. Which is the way you should do it. But for this... Excuse me. For this to be the angle? Erectile dysfunction? Erectile dysfunction. That was the that was what's gonna kill. It. That was the angle they were gonna go with. It's bad enough you already had the angle with Lana and Lashley. It was bad enough with that. Now instead of now you want to add on you wanted to add on top of that that he was having erectile dysfunction, that he couldn't get it up. Have we seen Lana? Have we seen what the lady looked like? I rest my case. (sighs) Miro will be better off in AEW. He is going to do... I hope he does wonders for the company. And I can't wait to see him working in New Japan. And he's going to kill it over there just as much. I think he'll do well. I think this portion of his career, he's going to absolutely kill it. And I hope Lana leaves too. I hope Lana leaves and just tells WWE go fuck itself and she can work with her husband over there and be able to work with uh, Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian, all the things, and just have a wonderful career together 
and give WWE the middle finger that I'm doing right now um, because now they are working well without Vince McMahon being up their asses. And to end this week's episode of News of the Weekend for episode 257 of the YLP podcast from WrestlingInc.com, Edge, on the lesson he learned from AEW's Luther, live audiences returning from Jason on Pursuit. WWE Hall of Famer Edge was on a recent episode of the Busted Open podcast where he chatted about his recovery from his tricep injury, as well as lessons he has learned throughout his career. He also reflected on his return at this year's Royal Rumble and was asked if that was the favorite moment of his career. Quote, I think it might go down as one of the greatest, but I'll try to change that coming back. But there was a groundswell of this thing happening at that point, but I don't think anybody knew it was going to be what it became. He continued on to say, so we didn't know how special that night was going to be or how special it was to have an audience that size, that magnitude, and how long it would would be until we possibly have that again. You can't know that stuff, right? So I knew it was that special and it was special that night. But if anything, it's gained even more of a special spot for me just because of everything that the world is going through right now. It's kind of insane. And that being said, I don't know if I can watch it because it makes me miss the audiences so much. As a performer, man, we feed off of those guys. We feed off the audience, and for them not to be there, man, it's hard. Randy and I were the guinea pig. They tried to shit all over it. But now, nobody even mentions it. He continues on to say, I think that helps. And it le- it's at least something as as a some kind of remembrance of audiences. I think the, Th- the Thunderdome is a massive upgrade. I get to look at that and everything, but man, I can't wait to get audiences back and just get out there and do our thing properly. Edge also opened up about the lessons that he has learned throughout his career. He talked about the veterans he got to learn from, like The Undertaker and Hulk Hogan. And he opened up about working with Dr. Luther, who is now just Luther in AEW. Quote, what I got from all of them, from Rick to Sean to Taker to Jerry to Terry to Hogan to all of them was never panic, Edge stated. There's no reason to panic. We're in control. We tell the story. We don't let anyone else dictate the story. We tell the story. And when you have that in mind, you can do anything. You're the one telling the story. And I think that was the thing that I gleaned from all of them. And one lesson that I learned so early on was with a guy, Dr. Luther. He's now down in AEW, and he was he was the, the first person, like the first experienced guy that I worked with. He's been in Japan. He's been in FMW and all those places. We were working, and I was probably in my on my 50th match or something, and we're having a street fight. So he calls the spot, and I immediately went to do it, and he went, whoa, hold on, pump the brakes. You got it? I was like, oh, I don't have to go right away? I can actually stop and register what he says instead of just instantly go? I never forgot that lesson. He doesn't even know that it was a lesson for me, I'm sure, but that the light bulb went off. There was a lot more than light bulbs that needed to go off, but that was the first one that I distinctly remember going, oh my God, he just cracked open my brain. This is different than I thought. And of course, if I use any of the quotes from the article, please credit Busted Open with the H slash T to Wrestling Inc. for the transcription. You all know that stuff. But that's actually a good lesson to keep in mind. And for all, I think, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a wrestler or anything, but for all wrestlers out there, slow it down. Take your time. Register everything that's going on. Oh, dear. Register everything that's going on. You know, before you, do, you know, take a moment to, to register what's going on and then go. 
You know, you don't have to instantly instantly go into your next move. You die, you dictate the story. And I think Edge, who's one of the who's one of the better was one of the better top tier guys in the game, really was able to tell that story. Have with, with matches like McFoley and have matches with you know John Cena and be able to tell stories like that, you know, really does help the cause. It's interesting to see that, and he still he's had some of the best feuds of his career, um, with John Cena, with Shawn Michaels, with uh, let me see, I'm trying to think of, of course, McFoley. He's been able to tell stories inside that ring. The night that he won the WWE Championship for the first time in his career at New Year's Revolution. When he cashed in money in the bank for the first time. That was insane. Think about that. You know, that was a story in and of itself. He cashed in money in the bank. Successfully. And then we had the feud between John, him and John Cena. You know, that is fantastic. That is probably one of those things where that's, that's something to keep in mind. That's a hell of a lesson to remember. Slow it down. You know? Slow it down. Relax. Breathe. Chill. Mm, excuse me. And just, you know, take it all in and just... Get, you know, register and then go. So that's really cool. That's really something cool. I like these types of interviews where um, you're able to get a little bit more insight, you know, learning from veterans like Undertaker and Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair and, and Shawn Michaels and all that. You know, that he was able to learn from all those guys. And to seeing that, you know, he just, he can't wait to have live audiences back because we, because they do feed off that. They really do feed off of that, and it really isn't the same that, um, you know, something to think about. Really going forward, and something for all that all wrestlers should actually learn from. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode two fifty seven of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 258 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. Be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 257 of the YLP Podcast. As always, I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it if you have any thoughts, concerns, opinions, any thoughts on the episode, any thoughts on the articles, or if you think I missed something uh, in terms of an article, sound off. Let your voice be heard. Leave your boy a voice message over on anchor.fm slash perspective. anchor.fm slash Radio. and don't forget to head over to ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com and leave a comment over there, maybe donate a little bit of a... Uh, 
couple of them shekels, you feel me? If you, if you feel so inclined to do so. Uh, much appreciated regardless. And if I'm picking up what you're putting down, if I like what you're saying, enjoying what you're hearing. What I'm hearing for the most part. As long as you enjoy what I'm what you're hearing from me. I will have no problem featuring your voice message on a future episode of the YLP Podcast. Of course, if you enjoy this episode, do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP Podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, Twitters, all the alt tech, the gabs, the parlors. Slide in your friends' DMs. Send it through a text message if you have to. Also, you can send it through Facebook Messenger. All any way you can share this and send it out and let the YLP movement grow. By all means, do so. Not not feelings whatsoever. I enjoy it and as much as Wrestling Radio does too. Because in these times, in these quarantine unprecedented times, that everything's going on in the world, the nonsense, the bullshit, and all that, we here at WrestleHaddict Radio do our best to provide a source of entertainment for those who may not, may be a little bit down and out, may have had a rough day, may have had a long day. You know, we try to get the you know, get a little bit of laugh, a little bit of something, something, uh, to make your day just a percentage better than what it was prior to. Because we're the YLP Podcast, the Kings of Women's Podcast, the Game Changer Podcast, and of course, the Delight Show with Man's Chapel. We here at Wrestling Radio want to be that solace, that grandma hug, and all that stuff. Not only do we want to be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast, but we want to be 100% without a doubt, the absolute, the one and only then, now, and forever, the alternative for Professional Wrestling Podcast and that we are here to stay. Now, I know most of y'all do not have the Anchor app and that's perfectly fine. You don't hurt my feelings whatsoever by that. Everybody has their favorite uh, app that they use for their podcast listening needs. But if you think we're just all about Anchor.fm and AmbiguousPodcastSolutions.com, my friend, you are sadly mistaken in case You've been living under a rock for quite some time. We at WrestleAddict Radio are now a partner of Amazon Music and Audible. Yes, if you have Amazon Prime you can get, and you have Amazon Music, you can listen to our any of our podcasts, that being the YLP Podcast, Game Changer Podcast, Kings in the Rings Podcast, and the Delight Show with Man's Chapel on Amazon Music and Audible. It's a fantastic thing. Still in shock that we're a part of Amazon Music now, but it's a really big deal and shows the dedication that we had to doing this and that now we have another outlet to provide all of our content on. It's a beautiful thing uh, when you think about it. So again, if you have Amazon Music or if you have Audible, you can now listen to the YLP podcast over on those platforms as well. But we also have the other places you can find all of our podcasts on, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Player FM, Podbean, Overcast, Castbox FM, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam! Search for all of our podcasts across all of these different platforms. You should have no problem finding us whatsoever. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast in terms of my social media, I'm very active on there. And I got a couple places you can find me at. If you're on the Twitter side of things, you can find me at Suede Senator War. That's S-U-E-D-E-S-E-N-A-T-O-R, capital W, 
capital A, capital R. I do live tweeting for AEW Dynamite every Wednesday night. Of course, I do SmackDown Live every Friday night unless I have a prior obligation to attend to, and I'll let you guys know that beforehand, hours before, and I'll keep you posted as best as I can. Every WWE Live pay-per-view, every AEW Live pay-per-view, every NXT and NXT UK TakeOver special, like I did last night with NXT TakeOver 31. Hope you guys enjoyed my opinions on last night's uh, episode, uh, or should I say TakeOver special, for that. And of course... The G1 Climax is off and running, and y'all know that means New Japan is back in all the good things. And I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well when it's 3.30 in the morning, and I come back from the bathroom on a Saturday and I have nothing else better to do because I can't fall asleep. Bees what it bees. I do live tweeting for New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. If you want to find me over on the Instagram side of things, I can be found over there at young underscore lions underscore perspective. And I keep telling y'all, if you have some fire professional wrestling memes, send them in my DMs. If they're fire, I want to know about it. I want to see it because all I, you know damn well with all this stuff going on with professional wrestling. You can't say, send me your memes. I, I live for the memes. I love the pro wrestling memes. They're great, fantastic, all that good stuff. And if and of course, if you have a fire pro wrestling meme, and I, I think it's fire, I will never have no problem putting it on my IG Posting tagging all the members of Wrestle Addicts Radio so they know about it as well. And you will have your 15 minutes of pure magnificence and excellence included as well. If you want to follow me, find me over on Facebook. I am uh, can be found on Facebook. You can find me over there at Young Lions Perspective or just simply search for Young Lions Perspective Podcast. Like the page, share the page. And make sure you damn well follow the page. I have over 100 followers over there. Much appreciated to all my followers over there for your love and some continued support. Let's try to, I need to bump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. I need to bump that number up. I'm tired of seeing 100 something. I want to get those numbers up. So make sure you share that as well. And the good thing about Facebook is that all of my Instagram posts link up with Facebook. So all the stories, all that, all my posts get linked into the Facebook profile. So you're not missing much of anything with that. Follow me on all these different platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast. And I'm going to look, take a look over at my uh, lovely judges to ensure I have hit the mark this week, fulfilled all my obligations, and we're going to take over the wonderful country of Indonesia, and I believe I'm giving the thumbs up. So, tomorrow, Tuesday, y'all know what this is, a and we haven't done one in a while, but a brand spanking new episode of last week, this week, where I talk about last week's episode of NXT. The go, it will be the go home show for NXT before last that's takeover special. We'll talk about what happened with all of that and get you primed and ready for Wednesday's episode, the Fallout edition of NXT for the Black and Gold Standard. But I'm also going to do it with a twist. I'm also going to be giving you the good, the bad, and the ugly that was NXT TakeOver 31. Give you uh, my focal points from that. That also kind of will help you. That'll kind of be like your this week primer in a sense to get you prepared for Wednesday night's Fallout episode of the Black and Gold Standard. Other than that, guys, that's it for me. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. 
enjoy the game Monday night games. There's going to be two going on tonight. Uh, the New England Patriots taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And from the postponement from uh, what was supposed to take place uh, yesterday, that will be going down tonight. As well as the Green Bay Packers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Enjoy that if you're going to be watching the football and all the things. As well as if you're watching Monday Night Raw, as always, my condolences to your sanity. I'm getting out of here. Enjoy the rest of your Monday night. And I'll see you guys right back here tomorrow for episode 258 of the YLP Podcast. See you! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.